1080. Right now, 10,080. Minutes. Minutes. <laughs> 10,080 minutes. Well, in less than 30 seconds. Let's take off 30 seconds of that. We're almost there. Till your 2022 trade deadline is over. Very so essentially now, this time next week, it's over. No chance Sorry. to change your lineup. You don't think this one's good enough? They got to make changes? So for Sammy and his Leaf Nation, you guys are on the clock. Or should we say Kyle Dubis is on the clock. So we're going to get into that and so much more, including Sammy McKee's first outdoor game, the coverage. Want to get your thoughts. But let's just start with uh, the breaking news. Uh, just earlier, confirmation, Austin Matthews suspended two games for his cross-check <gasps> no. to Rasmus Dahlin. A lot of people questioning this. I personally didn't see it other than what it was. Standard two games. You can't cross-check guys in the head, Kipper. I, I honestly, I can't even believe the whataboutism happening in my Twitter feed. People showing other hits. Yeah, but this guy didn't get this. And what about what this guy did? Who cares what any of them did? Let's just start with what Matthews did. Cross-check guy in the head, really violently, and he got suspended. Two games, good call. Hold on, Sammy. Before we get your thoughts, let's just go to Austin Matthews yesterday sure. to describe it, and then we'll pick it up from there. You know, it's just, obviously, you're just battling in front of the net. Um, you know, I thought, I felt like uh, I kind of rode up his, his shoulder, and it, it looked a little bit... Um, you know, a shoulder pad kind of rolled up a little bit, but I haven't really seen the replay. But, um, I mean, that's hockey. It's competitive out there. Guys are physical and, um, you know, trying to compete. So He's good. He's good with guys trying to compete. It's physical. I don't know. Maybe, Sammy, you bought the uh, stick riding up the shoulder, but nowhere to be found on the video. Yeah, I don't think he was aiming for his throat. But he found his throat. Yeah, I agree. It's not like he was like, I'm going to give him one in the ear here or whatever. I don't think that no, was the plan. I think he was but... aiming for the shoulder. It was a battle in front of the net, and yeah. he got careless. He had a cross-check up high, and it happened to hit the guy in the throat, and he got a suspension for it. I I, I have seen a lot of pushback to this on, on Twitter. A lot of Leafs Twitter in particular, as you could expect, are not too excited about this. They're not thrilled about it. And I guess the um, the, the number one argument I'm seeing is, that this has a lot to do with the, the jersey he's wearing and the sort of spotlight that's on the game. Everyone's watching. He's the biggest star in the league. That yeah, that's. He, he, well, I'm he, sorry, Sammy. That's yeah? a load of crap. I, well, I I tend to agree, but I'm just saying that the other side of this is that it's a flashpoint moment in a nationally televised game in yeah. both countries. It's the biggest star and the if, biggest team, and everybody's saying that this is yeah. That that's that's if the counter argument. Defense, if the best counter argument is people saw it happen. You don't have much to go on. It's. We heard Kelly Rudy uh, in the, in the uh, telecast. He said he thought it might be as high as four games, but he'll probably get two because he's a superstar. I love Kelly, but if two max, if he's if he's getting preferential treatment, it's a fine 
not a suspension. No, I didn't see this. Two is on the high end of what I saw this being, you know, were it any other player, Matthews included. Now They don't give one-game suspensions for that, by the way. They don't. No? No, no. Just look at the, the history, even from George's uh, run here. That is a standard two-game. Right. Now, Kipper, correct me if I'm wrong here. Is this not the best thing that Austin Matthews could have done for himself and for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, and hear me out on that. Going forward into the rest of the games and his career and the postseason, is this not a guy whose reputation has been smiling while Ben Sherratt chokes him out from behind? Yes. And, you know, turning the other cheek. And you can just give it to this guy as much as you want. And yes. you're never going to take it back. Yes. Having a nationally televised game where he cross-checks someone in the head. I know it's not good. You shouldn't do that. Kids at home, don't cross-check people in the head. But for Austin Matthews, in terms of creating space and how people treat him, not the worst thing to happen. I only have one question to that. What took him so long? It's a fair question, too. I mean, I'm glad it played out the way it did, that Darlene didn't get hurt. That, you know, by the way, kudos to Darlene for taking that. There's some guy. Imagine if Michael Bunting took that cross check to the head. He'd still be on the ice. So (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important to note, too, that leading up and uh, not a big deal, but uh, I was at ice level that happened literally right in front of me. And I think it's a fair uh, thing to note that there was a lot going on leading up to that, even because it wasn't. I think if there were some initial cross-checks and interferences potentially called on Rasmus Dahlin by the referees, who I thought were fine yesterday. I don't think there was any really egregious stuff that happened. I think that there maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation because he was getting, not mugged, but he was giving them shots. He was giving them everything. There was interference going on. All, it I'm, was a battle. I'm, I'm loving that Rasmus Dahlin. Every game I see him. Oh, yeah? yeah? Uh, he's getting better and better and better. I always thought of him as small. I saw no, him said Matthews. Like, that's no, not a small no, guy. No, no, no. He's a big guy. They, that, that whole team, I, I, Thompson, what is he, 6'7"? Yeah. Cousins. Massive. I think that they showed a lot in terms of saying maybe it's a little brighter in Buffalo in the near future. It's taken a hell of a long time. But I, I see signs of that team. I, I think the two games that they played, the Leafs, they played hard. They played yeah. tough. They're bigger, stronger. I think it's no accident that the Leafs had their hands full. Well, and also, you know, the, the first period was like snow on the ice, wind against them, and, and I'm not making excuses for the Leafs. I'm saying it kind of negated the skill advantage the Leafs have, and it kind of brings it just down to physicality and will and luck and that sort of thing which played in Buffalo's favor. But, you know, one thing the Sabres do do well, Kipper, is they, they protect the inside fairly well. You know, Keith said in his, his comments, and I don't know if that's one of the ones we clipped. I should go through our clips. But he, he said that they had trouble getting to the inside. And if you look at where the Leafs have had trouble in the past, it's against teams who protect the inside well. Um, you know, whether that be Columbus or Montreal, that's been the issue in the past. So we just mentioned bunting there. Well, I guess we'll just stay on the, the No, Matthews no, I, I want to stay on the Matthews yeah. for a second here because, but, yeah, no, go ahead. I think over the last, I don't know how many games, maybe five little handful of games, we've seen, and I don't know if you guys will agree, but a more physical Matthews. I think a guy that's a little bit more willing to throw his weight around, a little bit more willing to, um, you know, get engaged physically. And he threw a couple hits even in that game when I yeah. saw, and he looked like he was kind of, and the question I have for you, is this a guy that says, I never get any penalties 
called on me ever anyway. So I'm going to take this into my own hands. Like, is he kind of taking it we, to him we, protecting himself? We are starting to see that. Tavares is starting to chirp more. He was throwing his weight around yesterday, he too. He was. And he also gave it to the officials on uh, what he thought was a missed, missed uh, call on a trip. Which it was. Mm-hmm. It, yes, it was. So we are seeing some frustrations. I'm glad to see the response out of Austin Matthews. And I do think that it can send a, a message around the league. But you got to stay consistent with it. He cannot go backwards. Yeah. And that is so important here. That he can't go backwards. He's going to have to bring that physical element. He's 6'2". He weighs 230 six, pounds. 6'3", 230, maybe even 240. He's a solid, thick guy. And if he can carry that fire, I think it's a good thing. And I also think it's a good thing at this moment. If the Leafs are continuing to bottom out, good. Take him out of the lineup. <coughs> let's, see, let's see how good you are without him now. Let's see what, what adjustments you're going to make. Yeah, it, it will be eye-opening to see what your options are when you don't. Like, how much can you lean on one guy? And when you don't have him, it exposes some things. You know, I, I wrote a little something today on the frustration it is interesting seeing the superstars in the league, these young guys that we have, you know, the next ones, really getting frustrated. Nathan McKinnon throwing a helmet at a guy and was slashing an official and hitting Nolan Patrick. Connor McDavid hit Kempe from behind and had a uh, he took a, a fine on Kotkaniemi. Austin Matthews with this on Darlene. Like, yeah. These guys that get abused all game long, they're the target. Every game they play, you can see the frustration starting to come through. Matthews, seventh, or sorry, 367th in the NHL in penalties drawn now. He's drawn yeah. seven penalties. You can see why he's yeah. frustrated well, and acting like it. Look, all three guys you mentioned, all three huge expectations. No cuts. They've got the, yeah. yeah, but they got the world on their shoulders now. You want to make your $10, 11000000 million? You better bring it every night. Yep. And they're starting to feel it because even Matthews on this torrid pace can also feel the weight of his world, weight of the world on his shoulders to do it every night. It's not a comfortable feeling knowing that you have to score a goal or two or end up with two and a half points on average every night just to compete in the league. Mm-hmm. I think he's also looking around going, boys, I, I need some help here. He's get- Marner's there. Absolutely, Marner's there, and Marner should be frustrated too. I'm su- I'm surprised Marner has. Well, how does he show it? And it just he doesn't have the size the other three guys we're talking about. He can still whack somebody yeah. over the head with his stick too. But I feel it's funny watching Marner. I feel like he barely gets touched. You know, like I he never really gets hit. He has that evasive, big, and he doesn't play in traffic. He had, he's he, smart. Yeah. He had that hit on. Was it on uh, against the Coyotes? He laid somebody out with a good hit. Uh, it was really rare to see. I think it was Coyotes against Keller, if, I want, if my memory serves me correctly. But he just doesn't seem but like I, a guy that ever gets touched like Matthews does. Outs- Matthews got hands on him all game long. Yeah. Outside of Marner, like, let's see what you got, boys. We're going to see. The, the goose laying the golden eggs. Not going to be around for two days, two games. So what do you do? Who's the centerman? Who's your centerman? With Tavares, 1-2. I honestly think it's good timing coming in towards the trade deadline to be like, hey, if we lose one center, we're cooked. This was the flaw with the team last year. You lose one center, you're cooked. And I understand it was one of their two best centers, but you lose any center, you're in real trouble. The depth isn't there. They've tried to sneak guys down. You know, Adam Brooks is an example. Someone they tried to keep 
in the lineup. They just don't have that organizational depth. And by the way, the games they have this week, not not easy games. Dallas, Carolina. Yeah. Like they're playing hockey teams. Dallas in a playoff spot. Carolina uh, just behind Colorado for first in the NHL. Campvin, Tavares, your one-two centermans now? Yeah. I mean, what else? I guess you could try the Kerfoot thing at center. I put Marner at center. Oh, yeah. This is, this is early. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know what? I can't even argue. I, I really, like, let's, if you give it a look. I actually can, like it. Can he drive a line? You know, I, I don't know. You know, we talk about the, his size or whatever, but he defends he as well as a anyone. Line. Don't ask if he can drive a line. He can drive a line. Well, there he's you been, go. He's been driving uh, Bunting and, and Matthews. Well, I'd argue he Matthews is, the is engine. driving. No, no, he's the engine. I, ah, I've said this right from the get-go. I mean, Matthews. You're insane. He yeah, is yeah. the engine. That's an insane Matthews pick. is a the great greatest player finisher. Yes. Yeah, he's good at everything. <laughs> he's really good. He's the best player. Listen, Marner's we been... We do not agree. Marner has been the second best player, like, in the world over this stretch, honestly. They've both been unbelievable, and I don't think there's a... I mean, you can... Okay, They're right there together, right, right, right. okay? Let's not get bogged down on that. Back, back no, on let's to, not get bogged down on that. I think we go uh, next to the issue that Hold makes on. him feel... One more. Okay. And I want to go to... Uh, we're going to go to another clip here. I got uh, Kipper's Clippers here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sheldon Keefe on yesterday's game, because I got a bit of a beef with him as a fourth line guy. I got a beef with him. All right. Well, I'm not going to read too much into a night like tonight, but certainly, you know, before tonight, you know, we're playing in regular surroundings. It It's something that uh, we haven't been happy with uh, for sure. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get more than enough opportunity to play against teams that are not in the bottom half of the league. And uh, we'll read a little more into who we are as a team when that happens. We're going to, okay, before I get into my beef with him, uh, just your thoughts on his comments on we need to still find out what, what kind of team we have. Is that what I got out of that? Yeah, I think I sent to our group chat the, the, the list of teams they've lost to, but it's been Buffalo twice, Montreal, Vancouver, uh, Arizona, all in the past few weeks. If you're just going to throw those games out and go, we'll see what we do against the good teams, <laughs> you might be missing a little bit of the information you require to assess the team. I don't know. I, that doesn't make much sense to me. I really feel like he's trying to soft, like kid gloves this team's emotional state right now. He's going the other way. The worse they get, the the more he lets them off the hook. Yeah. Yeah, That I totally agree. You know, they had tough nights. A lot of tough nights. I, I'm surprised to hear him say that. Honestly, like to measure, you should have gone through this this stretch and won a lot of the games that you lost. I wonder if behind the scenes they're telling him to quit saying things, <laughs> you know, saying things that create a firestorm for their team and just to soft pedal it because that doesn't even make sense. And he's a pretty smart guy. And I I just get the feeling that. They're completely throwing out, like he's trying to just throw out that game yesterday. Oh, the environment. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, after the, for the first period was horrible. We're too skilled to play that type of game. Is that really no. the, the feel that, uh, like, the game got dummied down because the ice isn't perfect and they can't play their, their skilled game? I'm here to tell you. The first period was awful conditions. The ice was terrible with the snow on top of it. No one could complete a pass. You guys watched yeah, on TV. It, I'm not breaking news here. Yeah. Second and third period was a hockey game. Like they're, you know, the the puck was flying around flat. There's a couple couple skips here and there, but could happen on any ice surface. 
the environment was fine. Yeah. It looked like a like, hockey game, and they like, lost five two to the Sabers. I don't know about you guys, but like I've played road hockey with a pine cone. Yeah, you know? like sometimes <laughs> yeah. you, you still a game between you and other people. You know, you kind of deal with the circumstances. So when I hear that, I go, "You, you guys are pros." The first thing you're going to say is, boys, let's keep it simple. Dummy down your game. Dice isn't great. Today's not a skill day. Did it, is that the conversation amongst the coaching staff and the players on the bench? Boys, this is bad here. It's hard to put three pa- good passes together. So let's just go to work and keep things simple and, and, and stay tight. You get a luck, shoot it. We're not trying to overthink this. So they get the first goal. They got fans into it. Leafland loves it. 42 seconds later, to my point, where you want to keep things just simple, okay? Mm-hmm. Lilligren decides mm-hmm. to go chase a puck in the neutral zone on what is it? I'll give him 50-50. That's the odds I'm giving you to make a good play. And if it's 90-10, you should, still shouldn't be going. Exactly. But I 50-50. Yeah. And you're just got a one nothing lead, and things are okay, and you're going to go chase a puck in the neutral zone. And worse, your partner's heading up the ice with you mm-hmm. in Morgan Riley. So now, instead of just playing that safe hockey that we're talking about, they're in their minds are going, we're going to make it 2 nothing right now. And what happens? 1-1. Mm-hmm. Because Lilligren loses that 50-50 battle. And you're going right down there. And you can just, you can sit there all you want and blame Campbell and Mazarek for two and a half months. But when you constantly give up grade A chances like that, and we're talking yeah, doozies. Yeah, we'll get to Mrazek in depth too. Doozies. Yeah. No goalie. George Vesna can ri- uh, rise from the ground. No goalie is going to come in and save you. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. That's... Where are the adjustments when you have bad ice? And, and where's that mentality? Yeah. And that, that, I think 50-50 puck is generous on what happened on that play. 40-60? 30 30-70? You're going to ask me to do math like yes. I did for 10,080 yes. minutes again? No, it just was not. Carry was, the two? Carry could, the three? You could tell in the moment it was a bad read. And it's just, and like you said, you just got the lead. Everybody's feeling good. It's just a play you don't have to make. Well, when, and you, we, we, uh, when you're playing Lilligren on your top pair, you, you're going to be in those spots. We do that. We have this conversation every day, I feel like. Well, but it's a goal against a game. I know. It's one goal against per game that, like, the guy drives possession as well as anyone in hockey, but it's one a game, and that's substantial. So they have to shuffle the D pairs. Let's, let's listen to Sheldon Keefe on the D pair thing. We just we, we thought that Lilligren had a tough tough first period, and we were going to really monitor that in the second. And, and you know, on, on that uh, on that first goal against there, you know, again, just it looked like it did in the first. So looked like he was having a tough day. Uh, so we just thought we would change his assignment a little bit and and change the pairs. Change his assignment. How about nailing his ass to the bench? There's the next assignment. Does anybody get benched here? Does anybody pay a price? I mean, in, I mean, no. in, in defense, the only thing here is that Lilligren ended up playing ten thirty-five in that game, so he didn't play a ton after that. But this shuffle okay. shouldn't have been another minute. Is your point? Not another minute. 
Yeah. Okay. We're down to five, boys. We want to get to the the horrible goal, right, from the bad angle? Yeah. Started at the face-off circle. Because it's a D pair that hasn't played together, right? Is that what it's you're going to say? It's Morgan Riley and Lilligren. Oh, that's Sandine and Lilligren on the, or sorry, Sa- Sandine I'm sorry, and Sandine Riley. and Riley. Yeah. Sorry. Another example, though. Another example. Like, okay, you want to talk about bad goals, but look at the decisions that are made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, Riley's on the strong wall. The puck, it's a, it's a face-off win. You yeah. got two D going at the same time. Morgan bails. But he's right there with Lilligren. Lilligren's looking at him. Sandine, yes. Sandine, sorry. Yes, I got Sandine's you. looking at him. He wants to go D to D on yeah. a guy that you're you're looking at that you think is somewhere else all of a sudden. There, there's there's yeah. the, the decisions of of young, inexperienced D. Yeah. And it's a it's a problem. They, you they need you, to do you want to blame the goalie? Blame the goalie. It's a horse crap goal at a bad angle. I get a. And we'll that. get to that blame because it is a thing. Again, grade A chances that these young kids yeah. and there's just no repercussions. Lilligren and Sandine, good. Like they've done well, but you're you're asking them to try to win a Stanley Cup now while they're still learning. Yeah. And those are learning experiences that will still come for the next probably 50 games of next season. Yeah, and this to me goes to. Kyle Dubas now because the D are the way they are because of the way they're constructed and the way they want to play. They miss Muzzin so badly, so badly. So because of Muzzin, all the lines are in a blender, right? Hall can't play. We need some help. So now Brody's got to help him. Now Riley needs a guy. You're in a complete blender. And these guys would know off that face-off, they would have a plan. All right, if we win it, it's going to be a bump back. It's a set play. It's a set play. So there's a miscommunication between D who haven't been playing together and it's because the lines are yes. S show, and it's because Lilligren's on the bench, and it's because you know, the D. I wrote about it uh, on Friday. There's in my my article is pretty thorough. This D needs work, man. They need help, and of course, they need some saves too. But you can't just say that it's not the team in front of it, and it's just goaltending for the team's shortcomings. Yeah, and I think Sheldon needs to play hard ass here. Well, it's too late for that because now no, it comes it's not off too phony. late for that. No, you no, can't no. turn into Daryl Sutter no, it, at this it has, point. It has to be sincere, though. I think, me personally, I, I think Kyle Dubas or maybe even Brendan have pulled back the reins on Sheldon. I think, I think uh, soft and purposeless stung him. I agree. And he has not been the same in terms of, uh, I think, being as genuine as he'd like to be in post-game comments. Totally agree. And, and it's, it's really coming off letting guys off the hook. And, you know, we, we actually heard, and uh, Daryl Sutter after the uh, the Flames game was that Jacob Markstrom didn't get a shot for 20 minutes, 20 minutes against. And the, the I think someone asked him, you know, how, how tough a game was that for Markstrom? He doesn't see any shots. He's like, he's the goaltender. You know, it's his job. It's what he's supposed to do. He, like, he was just like, what do you, how tough was it? He's in the net as the goalie. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. What are you even talking about? Just, just one more for me, and I don't want to pick on Sheldon, um, but I do they score the empty net goal. I don't know if there's 90 seconds on the clock. Marner, I think, comes off. And he's going to leave now. Matthew's out there on a 5-2 score. And he's going to be out there with Bunting and Kasha. And it's heated. Matthews has been involved in all this, mm-hmm. all game. And... You're leaving him out there. Why? 
Why? It's it's over. It's I, five two over. I guess that's why the point is, is he's he out there? Not rolling over. There, there might have been a minute. That's left interesting. I didn't even a, think of that. Really, there might have been a minute left on a power play, but my first thought is why is he out there? Are we going after our forty sixth goal of the season? So is this when Cousins caught Matthews? Yes. Yeah. So are we are we trying to score another goal for him to win an MVP? I don't understand why he was out there. The game's over. Protect him. I never thought of that. He bobbles the puck, head down. Got hit hard. And he got hit hard. He did. It could have been a head shot. It was yeah, very close. Well. No, you, separated shoulder, concussion. Cousins takes a healthy run at him. And now you've got bunting out there. And I think McKayev might have subs. Good for McKayev, by McKayev, the way. He got in there and pulled McKayev, the Thompson, uh, I think, Kasha down. comes off. McKayev comes on. And... Now there's Bunting going after uh, Cousins, which, great. Love it. Bunting, He tried no to slew problem. him and just missed the slewy. No, no problem. <laughs> hey, good job standing up. My first question is, 5-2, you leave Matthews out there. Where is Sheldon now to put Simmons on the right side and say, you touch this guy, you come near him, you go through Wayne Simmons first. You're not going through Kasha first. You're not going through Bunting first. You're going through Wayne Simmons. Missed that completely. Now you got Bunting out there. He goes after him. And then Bunting starts with, uh, you know, waving guys in to come and fight him. Yeah, well, once he's well-restrained. That's not <laughs> do, you're gonna, That's I, not a good look for the Leafs, <laughs> is having Bunting now challenging Buffalo Sabres to a fight. I mean, uh, yeah, you make a good point there. Like, you know, that's not, I'm not sure you want that check cashed. I, no, I did not want that to come through. When I was when I was watching this develop, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to hear what Kipper says." <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no, it's just that's not I Bunting. Bunting's energy guy. Yes, gets in there, pisses people off, but like a, a chihuahua biting at a p- pant leg. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, think yeah. where you're just trying to shake yeah, it like, off. All right, all right, get out of here. But he's not going to scare you. But he's going to piss you off. Yeah, which has value. It is, but not to the point where you're waving guys on. And yeah. everybody else around the league is looking at that and going, oh, okay, I've well, had about enough of him. Zero people think Michael Bunting wants to fight so, them. So why didn't – and I thought about it when Matthews was on the ice. I, I, the thought about him being out there, I didn't really think about what you did. But the thought that I did have is why isn't Simmons on the ice? And you had yeah. mentioned it there. It's like at the end of the game, it's been a, it's been a, a sort of a touchy game here. People are getting mad. There's cross-checks flying around. There was a Since- scrum earlier in the first period. Why wasn't he on the and ice? And here's the thing. Since January 1st, when Simmons and Spezza are on the ice together, they're getting outscored 8-5. to five. Yeah, so but it's already 5-2. It's over. The I'm, game's just over. Saying, I'm just saying, they're they're on the wrong end of, of the score when it's even strength. The, so they're, they're playing the wrong way. They're underwater by all the sort of fancy numbers. Uh, if Simmons is not going to be the guy who's representing the team in those situations... Who is? Well, and what are we doing? What are what's, we doing? What's Correct. our fourth line? What's our fourth line? If our fourth line is not effective as uh, playing and it's not effective physically... I'm like... Leafs should be so happy Matthews is out two games. Is he not out with, you know, rooming with Muzzin right now? By the way, I, I sneaky think this is a, this will help Austin win the Rocket Richard. Like a two-game rest right now in the midst of all this chaos. A couple of sit a week out and get recharged for the, the stretch. I think it's going to hey, help you him. You know what? You're barred from this day forward to talk about MVPs and Selkies and Rookie of the Years. <laughs> Why? Because. His rest isn't good? Uh, you know. Lee fans, there's only one prize out there that matters. Yeah. That's it. Okay? 
Well. Only one prize for True Leaf Nation. It's like Elliot talked to Kyle Dubas on Friday. Yeah. And we've got a clip of it, but his clip's on the goaltending, and we will get to that. But he also talked about <clears throat> bunting. And I don't know how Elliot phrased it, but he said, you have, you have a, a strong opinion about this. Did you catch that at all? No. Did you? N- you didn't see it either, Sammy. No. I... But he went on. He went on and he talked about bunting on. He's not getting a fair shake because he's an older player. For, oh, for the Calder. For the Calder, and then he talked a little bit about his history, and he said, you know, if you're, for, for those of you just understand the history about the development of bunting. Anyways, it's not that he's not making good points. He said it doesn't matter. Like. But, but like, for he for, for Kyle why? it does. For Kyle's resume, it looks good to have brought in a guy who then comes in and wins a calder. Anyone could have had him for league minimum, near minimum. You're losing to some of the worst teams in the league. I know. You've got goaltending issues. You got defense issues. You may need a top six left winger. Get your wins where you and can, man. Your focus right now is campaigning for Michael Bunting to win the Calder trophy. Really? Maybe you think it's a bad look. I, I do see guys fighting for their guys, though, right? Standing up, saying, yeah, the, our guy deserves this. And I, I'm not saying that he doesn't need to mm-hmm. not support his players. And you could say, we want all our players to be recognized when, when they're playing well. But right now, the folk, Daryl Sutter, would you ever have seen a Daryl Sutter yeah. go on for three minutes talking about why a guy should win an award? No, but in fairness, three minutes for Sutter's three sentences, that delivery pace. I'm just, I, I, I just found it a little bit like, okay, so, so he wins a Rocket Richard and they lose in the first round. Is that, is that good, Sammy? Yeah. Do you feel good yeah, for the it, summer? Edmonton has okay hung zero banners with all their heart trophies. Right? That, uh, no, I don't feel good. Like, no, nobody gives a crap. <laughs> I give a crap. I do give a crap. No, I do. I, no, I, no. Hear, I, I think you're no, making no. a good point. You only point. give a crap when there's team success. You can have both, but one's more important than the other. I, I agree that the team should be prioritizing that and making it sound like that is their priority. I get that. I get why fans really are invested in this for the Leafs. We need to spend the next 10 minutes on goaltending. We're, we will being a disser- <laughs> be doing a disservice to the fans if we do not. Okay, that's all. That's it. Just, just a, and it's not that big of a deal. No, nope, but it's, it's not a, that big of a deal. I like but that catch. It's just it's a good angle. I mean, just uh, easy on the, yeah. you know, the campaigning for MVPs and Selkies and Rookies of the Year. I'm the dinosaur. Like, no, no. <laughs> I'm a guy that's won before. <laughs> And I know how it works in a dressing room. Yeah. I like the... Uh, Eight or 80. Once you know the recipe how to win in a room, that stuff's not working. That individual stuff. What's 8 or 80? Age. Oh, age. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anyways, that's, that's my soapbox. Here's a fair... Uh, let's move to the next soapbox then, which is... Okay. Peter Mrazek, the Toronto Maple Leafs. First off, that third goal... Are we blaming that the hockey game on that third goal, which was an atrocity? How much of that game was Peter Mrazek's fault? How much does it change your opinion of what they need to do now? 
there, there's, there's major concerns. Yeah, I'll tell you there's what, just, I'm, I'm done. I'm done watching that. I don't see. I will, I will, if I'm in Kyle's shoes, I do not make a change for the sake of making a change. It has to make sense. I have to think there's an upgrade, and I'm not throwing it up on the wall and seeing if it sticks here. So you tell me, under 10,079 minutes, what does he do? Yeah. So that I understand that that is a difficult challenge, is who's it going to be, how does it happen, yada, yada. I have said, and on this show many times, that they don't need to waste their assets filling a problem that might just figure it out. They've been pretty good career goaltenders. Kyle Dubas had a quote. Uh, actually, let's just play the Kyle quote. Should we on the goaltender yeah, situation? for sure. Okay, let's do that. The reality is that, um, you know, we still, have, I mean, obviously we've had an injury uh, in the meantime to Jack Campbell and... Uh, and with regards to Peter, he didn't have a good night on Thursday night, but he's played nearly 300 games in the NHL and been a 9-10 goaltender over 300 games. It's not as though he's played a year or two and now he's struggling for the first time. He's a veteran guy that's been able to overcome this in the past, and uh, we believe that he will, and then we'll get Jack back and healthy. At the same time, I think our, our fans and, and uh, everybody saw the other night that uh, you know Eric Shelgren can come in and, and, and play as well, and Joe Wall's already played this year and played well for us. So we feel we have four guys that can all come in and, and and play Jack and Peter, obviously the two proven NHL guys, and and that's what our focus is on. I, I can't even believe the commentary on Shulkrin. Four and guys, Wall. four guys that can come into play. What the? Lee fans are waiting here? for one. Yeah, like what is the point in mentioning the American League? It's not like it's Spencer Knight or some prospect on the way. He's Twenty-five. He's played nine minutes of NL. Why even mention it? The goaltending's in disarray. What's the point of being like, ah, we're comfortable with anyone who goes in there? No, you're not. People wanted Shelgren in. Well, now, I, now I am people. <laughs> you know, I wasn't people, but I'm people now. Because it's just, I, I don't even care anymore. With with Mrazek, I, I can't. It's not I the solution. He's not coming around. I don't know whether in that clip... Kyle kind of tipped his hand a little bit to say, yeah, we we may put Shelgren in there. Do you think I, that's like if I we trade Morazic, we may not even I, replace him? I get the sense when you're saying we, we have four guys that all can play, it's it's a discussion. For sure, it's a discussion. Oh, it's what they discuss every day. And their discussion might have be, might be, Look, is Fleury going to give us more than Shelgren if we put him in, or is name a goalie? Is Wedgwood or Vegmelka going to give us more than Shelgren? I, Do we need to spend an asset? I think they go back to Mrazek against Dallas. You Mrazek, so I just said I'm sick of him, but I do need – he's got to play the next two games because yes. you have to decide if you – if give yes. us a game to believe. Okay, here's the biggest reason why you're going to play Mrazek this week. You're you're not fighting for a playoff spot. You can Let lose work his against way Dallas. It. You can lose against Carolina. You can carry a four or five game losing streak. And you just have to you have to stay committed to letting these guys work it out. And what if he does? What if he plays well the next two games? Will it have been enough to be like maybe we maybe it doesn't make sense to go get someone? I think I think that still could be said even if he stinks. Yeah. What's crazy is like to your point about not making playoffs, the missing playoffs is not happening. Like it's 60, yes. they're 18 points up or something on a playoff spot. 
is Carolina. So if they finish eighth in the in the East, they'd get Carolina likely. Is that or or Florida? One of the two. But like, is there any difference? Carolina, Florida, Tampa, oh whatever. It doesn't even matter. I think their best shot right now is being heavy underdogs. For and sure. The and, and, limping in. and just everything to gain and nothing to lose. And if the playoffs started tomorrow, I would sit there and go, they're still a dangerous team. Oh, Jack Campbell can right? stop pucks. Muzzin's back. So it's not, it's just about you got 25 games to kind of clean up your house a little bit here. Yeah. And we assume that they will go in as underdogs. Yeah. That, Regardless, they will. Right. It's funny. I'm saying I'm so sick of Mrazek, and I just don't want to see him play anymore. And you've already talked me into he has to play just to decide, help make the decision on what to do. But even saying that, if you can make a deal in the next week before those games happen, I, they got to do it. They got to do it. They can better use the money. You don't trust the goalie. If you're going to hang on to him, just, might as well put him well, in the games and see. But I, I don't think you can come back. If you start, so, well, that's that was my point with the Heritage Classic. Like, it right? just reeks like of if you, desperation. If you start the kid that well, and what isn't if he's very good, good well, at the AHL, keep him. Like, it's just it's you got under thirty games to prep him for the first round of the right. playoffs. What, what if Shawgreen goes and pitches two shutouts? He asked. Uh, do, uh, do you trust him in round one? S- Steve Simmons asked Keith who he's starting on Tuesday at the end of the press conference, and he hummed and hawed. And he said, oh, we'll have a look at it. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you know what that means? Um, I'm, I'm... <laughs> My guess is I can't say until I talk to Kyle and, and Brendan. Yeah. I got to get a feel for what they think, and then we'll collectively, which is the right thing to do. It is. Let, should we but, hear but Keith on Razik? That's... It's a bigger question that others probably will decide for Sheldon. Well, yeah, because it comes down to trade value, trade That's a general decision manager, making. president answer. I agree. This has moved on from let's go to Steve Breer and see what he thinks they should start. It's like, nah, we're past that. Um, do you want to hear Keith on Mraz's last game or is it kind of yes. irrelevant? Okay, let's, yeah. let's hear it. I thought Peter was good. He made some saves today. It's not an easy environment to, to play in, especially for a goalie. Um, I thought he made made saves and it was good. Obviously, the third goal is a tough one for us, but you know, other than that, nothing you can do on the first one. Uh, nothing you can do on the second one. We put in our own net off a funny bounce and uh, you know, fourth goal to pass out nets off, all that kind of stuff. So some funky goals uh, happening around him, but I thought he he looked solid, all, all things considered, uh, with you know the environment and everything like that. Okay, I mean, we, we, we discussed this already. He's, he's in a protective mode, and they're, they're vulnerable. The they're, they are. And the environment, when they were playing, the they were playing yeah. hockey on lava. I'll <laughs> tell you how bad it is for Mrazek, is you got to purposely knock your net off now to, to and it doesn't get work. a whistle. He, he gave enough of the arm to make you think that was so, the... That, that, by the way, that, garbage a, defending, that they that, get another look from there moments after. That is, first of all... I, that needs to end like tomorrow. The pushing the net. Off, the yeah. pushing the net off. You push the net off. Automatic goal. Game misconduct. Just stop it. We've done so much to keep the game in flow and moving. You don't get to knock the net off. Yeah, on uh, purpose. Squeeze the puck. And I will say, the fans yesterday at Tim Hortons Field 
were rooting for him. They were wanting him to they do were, well. Oh, everyone's begging they for the guy to play well. They were dying for him to play well. When he came out, I don't know who he'd robbed in the slot. He made the great push oh, out. sick the glove big save. Big flying glove save. The crowd was chanting Middle Peter. Stat. They were chanting yeah, Peter. Peter. His best save is a leaf. That was really fun to watch. I think the watch. game was tied. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was did two, you two. guys have a moment like I did where, like, maybe this is the start of yes. it for him? That was my you know, like, first okay, thought. I was like, oh, he's coming going, Like, okay. And just as an aside on the third goal, I was, it was in my sight line, and I was, like, I was parallel with Mrazek. And Hinnestrova comes around, and he's got Riley in front of him. And the thought I had, he was standing. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of net there. For, and you then did think bing, that, yeah. shoots it. And it, because there was, the top of the net was open. The side of the net was open. It skips it. Like, well, there was there's nowhere else for the goalie to be, but against the post, the puck's he, the place coming from behind the net. He had no seal whatsoever. It was a horrible goal. But do you think there was something to him playing pretty well leading up to that? And then he lets in two bad ones. Like, I thought he was actually pretty good until that point. No. No? Well, I get, no. You, you, if you're giving up bad ones every game, he's I don't care just, what happens the rest of the time. Go big or go home. He's so he's just too aggressive. Mm-hmm. To have a consistent uh, run, he's just he's all over. I the think place. you have to be so precise when you're that busy and aggressive. And obviously, the precision. I don't know if it just left his game because of age or whatever. But I believe like the pressure on. Uh, did you mention Steve Breer? Yeah. No, he did. Yeah. How about the pressure on this guy to be the goalie coach right now? Is there any more high-profile goalie I, coach in the world than the least goalie coach? Does any other market be like, God, our goalie coach? And just, like, how do you possibly evaluate that? Like, Breer's been there while they've had wonderful goaltending, but they've had wonderful goaltenders. This so, is very much like baseball with the pitching coach. Yeah. God, our pitching sucks. We got to get rid of that pitching coach. Yeah. It's like, oh, our hitting. We can't hit. The hitting coach has got to go. Yeah. Impossible to <laughs> the evaluate. The 2017 Jays, they're hitting really stunk. It must be the hitting coach. I don't know. You got a pa- uh, contest yes, we sir. need to do? Yes, sir. God. I uh, love producing this show. Yeah, you're uh, great at it. Well, I didn't know if we were done. I didn't know if we were done. I had it ready to rock. Okay. <sighs> Uh, so we have an amazing contest for Leaf fans, the Molson Canadian Rivalry Train Contest. Two tickets to see the Leafs play the Habs in Montreal on a Saturday night, March 26th, nothing better than that, plus a round-trip train ticket from Montre- Toronto to Montreal and a one-night hotel ac- accommodation. So what you have to do is listen to Real Kipper and Born for a daily password, enter it online at our contest page at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Today's password is rivalry. This contest runs through March uh, Monday, March 21st, must be 19 plus in Ontario to enter. Flawless read. What a showing, Sammy. There we go, boys. Are included on the train. Correct? Oh, yeah, baby. I Yes. According we'll to my according to my <laughs> research, yes. Good good stuff. Oh, do we, by the way, do we owe, owe Peter's uh, Harvey's? Do we ever shake hands on oh, that? Oh, yeah, we do. We owe their show Harvey's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure out how to do that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. All right. I'll keep that between us. <laughs> see if he's listening. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he'll forget. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here. Craig Simpson, who called yesterday's outdoor game, will join us. We'll get his thoughts from ice level, Matthew's suspension, and Mrazek. Plenty more to come up. Also, in the next hour, Joshua Cloak, Leaf writer for The Athletic. You know, he wrote an article about uh, Kyle Dubas's trades and what's worked, what hasn't. We're going to revisit that as we close into trade deadline this week. So plenty more coming up. After the break, you're listening to Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet's 590, The Fan. The code word for today's episode to text to 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Hurricanes tickets on March 17th is BEAR. 
breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're watching on our Sportsnet YouTube channel or listening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan or wherever you downloaded our podcast, we're glad you're along for the ride. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Sammy McKee, and soon to come in, Craig Simpson. So give us a rating and review. Hit the like button. It's important. All good stuff. And let's bring in Craig Simpson, who called the game along with Chris Cuthbert. Uh, Simmer, you, you ever get tired of these games? <laughs> uh, you know what? They they are uh, a little bit of a novelty, but once you get rolling and get going, it's like, what's not to like? You know, I think it's a great environment. You can see from the look on the players' faces, you know, they're all enjoying it. It's a unique experience, so I, I'm, I'm all for them. And you know what, Nick? Uh, doing doing them down by the blue line and right along the ice. I, I said uh, to Kelly Rudy last night, uh, everybody in our business uh, from ex-players to writers should at least once a month sit right there and just see how damn fast the game yes. is and how hard it is. It's, I, I think it would just change everybody's view of just how difficult a game it is to play. I love that. Yeah, that's a great observation. It's, it's impossible to get a sense from up above. Uh, so being as close as you were uh, and seeing the ice conditions, how were they? How much did it, uh, did it affect that game, do you think? I, th- I thought it was good early, but the early snow made it difficult for guys to break away. Like uh, I know Skinner early on had a chance, and he couldn't quite control the puck like they normally do. Mm-hmm. Marner had a couple of instances. But again, you know, that's just the elements, and that's what the reality is. I thought Sheldon Keefe said to us before, you know, one of the things he wanted to really stress with the guys is just eliminate the thoughts of the elements. Like, it's just part of what the game is, so let's just focus on what we have to do in the game. It it does definitely chase you. You, you, you get a real sense of how little guys actually ever look at the puck and last night or yesterday afternoon they had to do it a lot more and that does change the pace of the game a little bit it changes the ability to make the plays that we're so used to them uh, being able to make craig i want to get your thoughts on the austin matthews suspension of two games one of the knocks i think uh if there are have been on 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 matthews is sometimes it's hard to light a fire underneath them in in big games that wasn't the case yesterday so is this suspension one step back maybe two steps forward yeah i I think it was it was out of place for him you're right i mean uh, what i what i've seen and what i've liked from him in the last couple of months is a lot more emotion a lot more energy like really digging in and talking on the bench and trying to motivate guys get excited to be out there and play so i i think he's shown a lot of that that was a rare glimpse. I, I had to, you know, I actually called for the uh, replay to come back again after seeing it sort of the first two times and go, yeah, that's going to be a suspension. You know, you, you got to take a look at it again, get a real good sense. But it was one of those moments. And, you know, boy, we, we've all had them where frustration set in. He kind of snapped a little bit. And it's one that 
I think the step backwards, obviously, is how hot he's been and, you know, the race he's having to get to 50. But I, I don't think it's going to derail him at all. I think if anything else, he'll be frustrated that he's got to miss two and he'll be, you know, more determined when he does come back to, to light a fire under his team again. Simmer, the Leafs are still in a pretty good position in the standings. And, you know, if you look at their record over the past 10 or whatever, it's not that terrible. But there's no doubt things are they're scuffling here. They're going through a rough patch. Yep. What, what is it that you're seeing? Is it just the goaltending? There's some people who think it's as simple as that, or is there more going on in front of the crease? Well, the, the goaltending just, you know, exacerbates every little mistake yeah. or maybe a misread or you go through stretches. We talked about it before, you know, both goaltenders are kind of going through stretches where pucks finding a way slipping through them or getting deflected in front and some of those are difficult saves but you, you gotta at some point get some consistency so your team knows what they have to do and and knows what to expect uh, you know when when even a shot from the point right now is like oh my god I better get in front of it because it's it's got a chance to go in so I, I think if if you put the truth serum on Sheldon He's not all that happy with their team defensive play. Um, they're still, like I thought last night, uh, again, some turnovers in the neutral zone end up costing you and go back the other way. And uh, But I, I just think that there's no question that every player would be thinking like, holy cow, if we can get a save, we probably win that game. And that's, as you guys know, a real frustrating, bad you know, feeling to have as, as a teammate even going into a game. Besides broadcasting, you've also had uh, the pleasure of being a coach in the National Hockey League. So put on your coach's hat right now. Uh, watching those mistakes that you just spoke of, what do you do with this lineup? Uh, what, what's the tendencies now when you watch a team like this struggle, fighting for maybe 50-50 pucks? What do you say to them? What do you try to do? What do you try to accomplish in the next two games against Dallas and Carolina? Yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe it's an opportunity with, with Matthews out and some good opponents that, you know, you really do just dial in and focus on your defensive game. Uh, you know, I, I think the offense can come organically with this group. They've got enough skilled guys that it'll happen. But I, I just think it's at that sort of reset time where, you know, we've got to be a focused team on protecting the puck. When they're playing at their best, you know, often it is their puck possession game that ends up being a solid way of, of defending because nobody has the puck but them. And when they're playing at their best, often their best defense is hemming lines in in the offensive zone and not giving and not turning pucks over. So I think that's a time because Matthews is out too. You know, you might want to experiment with Tavares and Marner and maybe get Tavares going a little bit more mm. again and see if you can create a little bit of you know, momentum there without having to split up Matthews and Marner, because I don't think that would make any sense. Right. So uh, it might be as easy as slotting in Tavares with bunting and, and Marner for those two games and really focus your team on defense. I do think the problem on the back end though, is he's been trying to do the righty lefty and trying to balance out and keep Brody and, and Riley separated you know, I, I think that has hurt Morgan a little bit, and I, I think it brings him back a bit. And uh, I understand the thought of it, but it might be one where you try a game and challenge the other guys to find some chemistry and maybe put those two together and see if that can settle things down.
Yeah, the the hurting Riley thing is a good observation. He's been trying to carry someone, right? Whether it be Lilligren yep. or Sandine, or it's it's been a big ask of him. So you know, as I see things right now, there seems to be some sort of issue with the second line. Like Tavares and Nylander are struggling to score. The back end seems to be missing somewhere. We're talking about the goaltending, which is priority number one as they head into the trade deadline. They can make one move, Simmer. Which one do you think they need to plug first? Well, I I've said I I I just don't see an opportunity or a person that jumps out as a goaltender right. that, that you can really honestly make. So I, I think you're, you're stuck and maybe you, you give Shulgren an opportunity to play, you know, and, and maybe that takes a game off mentally from Morazic and gets him set work on, you know, his technique a little more. I think he's way too active in the net. Uh, so from a trade deadline stuff, I, I, I just don't see a scenario that's going to really work from a goaltender point. So to me, you got to get a, a right shot D, uh, you, you've got to get some stability there and you've got to sort of settle things down. I, I think anyways, that would be number one for me. And just a, a week to go to do all it's that. Fine. Yeah, yeah, fine. It's fine. There's no pressure. Hey eh, guys, no, no pressure at all. <laughs> you know, uh, is are you okay with just bringing back a guy like Robertson um, and and putting him in and out, Simmer? You know the rest of the way. Are you well, floating I, floating that position for Tavares and Nylander? I think you've got to see what the kid can do. You know, I I, I see a lot of uh, Cole Caulfield in him. Uh, I said last year, Caulfield's got to learn to settle down, mm-hmm. uh, calm his hands, don't try to do everything so fast. He missed Caulfield last year. He, like Robertson, missed about five shots high and wide. Look at Robertson's last game in Toronto, high and wide. Like, great scoring opportunities. You've made good moves. You're coming in flying, and you're trying to pick a high corner somewhere, and you're not even close. And that is young players, you know. A lot of skilled guys like that, they get they get moving a little too quick for their for their own good. And I think you got to find out if you got a real player in there. And if you do, it's like making a deal at the deadline that might get you in a series. You know, like, even like Caulfield did last year, he gets you a couple of big goals in a series. And I think Toronto's going to need an extra guy that might be able to do that down the lineup. So. To to me, I think you got to keep him in there and get him playing and see what you got with him. Yeah, that would be a nice find if he could find it somewhere, maybe on the third line type of level. That would be great. Um, One thing we talked about in the show earlier today was Sheldon Keefe seemingly letting the team off the hook in press conferences lately. Not sure if you've heard much, but, you know, he said that Mrazic played good last game. You know, would like to have one, but he played good. Uh, He said that, you know, Lilligren had struggled a bit, but, you know, we shuffled up the lines and he's kind of taking it easy on the guys a bit. Yep. What's your thought on how that plays into the psyche of a team? I, I get the sense that he's trying to help, you know, not not drag guys further down with all the the media attention and everything. But how do you feel coaches should be handling that? Well, I think that's totally it. And yeah. you, he knows enough that the whispers that you don't want to have within your leadership group. If you get ripped about a game and you didn't play well, you lost another one. You gave up five goals again, right? And you're going. The whispers between players are like, yeah, but God, we can't even get a save, right? So I think that's all about protecting the guys between the pipes and trying to protect the players because that that feeling does happen. And I, I've said before that year, uh, 
uh, of coaching in 2006, we had goaltending troubles all year until we got Roley, Dwayne Rollison. And often in meetings uh, with penalty kill, I would say to Mac T, I go, I can't even show this video. Guys made a bad read, but they're going to look at me and go, Simmer, all, all we needed was a save. Like our goal can't make, can't make a save. So as a coach, even, you, there's many times where you don't even show the video because you know what the guys' minds are going to be saying. And I, I think that explains a lot the, uh, the press conferences after for Sheldon. You've done, you've done every game of the Leafs, so no, no one's watched William Nylander more. Uh, it's hard to believe that we were talking about this guy having a career year to start the season. And I, honestly, I, I watched him last night, and I, I'm not sure if what, what the deal is. He, he almost looks disinterested, to be honest with you. Well, it's the frustration that kind of has been following him, right? And where coaches get excited when they see what he can do, and then they get frustrated when they see some of the mistakes or some of the lack of, you know, intensity on the defensive side. And uh, that extra ice time that he was getting early in the year, remember he was up what two and a half minutes a game or so, yeah. Yeah. kind of coming crashing down. And that's what you're going to get. I, I, I think, I think Kyle said, you know, he's a guy that can wow you one minute and frustrate the hell out of you the next. And so uh, this is again, one of those times where, you got to challenge him. I, I don't know him like a personally. So from a coaching standpoint, I don't know how much you could have a real good sit down talk and say, Hey man, this is, this is a time in your career where you can define yourself. And if you don't, you're probably not going to be here. Like <laughs> I, 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 that's not an easy conversation. And I don't know if he's the type of person who could handle that, but that might be one thing that I'd be talking and saying, this is your chance to, you know, make yourself a, a player and, and really solidify or or harm your legacy here. No, and, and that's probably what it's come down to for him. They're gonna, it's kind of now or never for his time with the Leafs. Um, yep. Simmer, one, one last one for me here. I, you know, I had a junior coach tell me to, you know, I used to get run quite a bit, and he was saying, you know what, just the next guy who runs at you, just get your stick up and cross-check him in the mouth. We'll kill it yeah. off and show some people that you're not someone who's going to get run all the time. Is there any value in what Austin Matthews did aside from costing himself money and hurting the team with a suspension? Could there be more value to it in the big picture for him? Well, I, I'm not so sure. I, yeah. I, I don't ever feel for him. Like the one thing you don't want to show is that you get frustrated easily. You know, like I, I think I've always been a guy who got ran all the time and cross-checked and that I, I found just, knowing that you're never going to stop doing it, even if you get, if you get run or, uh, you know, cross-checked or knocked down and that, I, I think that sends the message. So I don't think anybody in the league is thinking that, you know, uh, Austin's a, a soft player. And so uh, I think it's timing is tough when the, when the team is struggling a little bit, but like I said earlier, I, I think you, you have to, uh, as a teammate now say, these are two really important games that we have to, you know, come up and make sure one of our leaders uh, gets some support. And, hey, they win two games. Now they got Matthews back a little bit more intense and motivated. It it could be a good thing for him. We saw a little snow. We saw it a little windy. But it doesn't come close yesterday, Simmer, to a couple of experiences that we've had in Calgary and Edmonton in outdoor games, correct? 
Oh yeah, no, it's the. I mean, the Heritage Classic in '03 was such a, a spectacular, you know, with a the Montreal Canadiens and playing with Gil Fleur and Larry Robinson and just all the all the you know history of of that franchise and having Wayne and Mark and that whole gang was was pretty spectacular. I I still think you know I think some people say ah they should not do this all the time. I I think it's a it's a great one-off. It's a great once a year and do it in the States and continue to do it in Canada. And I think everyone is a little bit better for it. Well, terrific job yesterday. As always, we really appreciate your time, uh, Craig. Thanks right. for doing this. All right. Take care guys. Thanks, Sammer. Craig Simpson. Hockey night in Canada. Sportsnet. So um, one thing that we didn't talk about before was the atmosphere. It was very cool. Um, you know, a shame to lose on a day where Dubas and Shanahan had the Peaky Blinders look on and pulled it off so well. Those are beautiful hats. When I, in our position uh, at rinkside, he came down and, like, had a little walk around and was just kind of taking it all in and was like, look pretty good, Kyle. It's a good the hat, you look good. Well, like, the, the, he had a good-looking coat on. I'm like, you look, you look good, pal. It is now such a presentation. You, it is a whole yeah. production to what you're... When did it go from just guys showing up in suits to now outfits and oh, and where the, the, the Flint Tropics thing is it is so theatrical now, buddy. They it's had a little over the top for me. I'm sorry. TikTok star Willow uh, performing pregame. <laughs> I don't know if you're a big fan of big fan of Willow, but yeah, she is had that, a, is that Willow, Willow Smith? Smith? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Will Smith's daughter. Yeah, and she performed. She was actually good. I enjoyed it. So Alicia Cara at the second intermission. One question I had, and song. tell me you, what you guys think of this. So Sheldon Keith's out there, no Peaky Blinders bucket like the rest of the staff. Good. No God, that jacket. Though. It was cold oh, that, as hell. That oh, jacket good. he was wearing is holy. I'm telling you, though, I guarantee you they tried to put him in one of those Peaky good. Blinders hat or something. He good. was like, I'm not doing it. It looks stupid. No, I love Sheldon well, even more. Well, give him a toque or something. He looks no. freezing his... No, just coach. Just <laughs> coach. <laughs> and just try to win. Just okay. coach. No, I was wearing a toque. part of the okay. show. Loosen up. We sucked yesterday, but boy, did we look good in our Bob the Builder uniforms. <laughs> Right? It's okay, but All we right. scored well, that well part was on different. Instagram. They did score well on Instagram. Okay. That, hold on. Sammy uh, came at us with the uh, the, the Hamilton not, Steelworkers looks. What were your it's thoughts? Just, it's just not a great look for a team that came out and played the way they did. You know, it's like a hardworking, representing the hardworking people of Hamilton who, you know, Stelco and the Steel City. And it's like, there's no one that works harder. And it's like, then there's the Leafs. It's like, well, I, I think maybe it's don't a tribute, though. Yes, they're not saying that they're hardworking. Well, they're saying I mean, it's a tribute to the city. But they're, they're coming, to, they're literally coming <laughs> to work with hard, what they are. Should they be saying that they're also hardworking? Probably, yes. We, but I listen, we always say, here. like, one of the favorite cliches that we say, it's like, oh, you got to come to work with your hard hat on and your, your right. lunch pail. And they literally did that. And they didn't do it. I thought I thought the tribute idea was nice. Like I don't know what Buffalo's idea was of the Flint Tropic. I guess okay, it's like, can you explain that one to me? Well, I guess you know it, it's cold. Man, where was it? The outdoor game where the guys did like they came in beach St. Louis, Louis swore beach, like beach weather. That was, was this year. Cute and funny, oh, right? Yeah. Like, Flint. Well, what's the connection to Flint? I, no idea Will, about that. Uh, recently was at a basketball. I, honestly, it makes no sense to me. I can't tie anything to the game. I feel like they're like we got to do something, and it was like a I don't care. flop it of a Halloween costume. It worked. <laughs> so now they're going to dress like that to every game. <laughs> yeah. What I heard it was is Cody Eakin led, and he just clearly is okay with rocking the mullet and looking. I, I like Cody Eakin's game. Sure. Yeah, okay. The guy looked good in the least bottom six. I like him. <laughs> All right then. Thompson Cousins should be their captain in a few years. Um, Will be. I 
but just to go back to the the bunting dust up, you sure you want that? You want it? Yeah. You want that bunting? That guy was he six three, six four, two hundred pounds. He's just, more person. He's a big big man. And that was a good hit he threw on Matthews. Really good. Clean hit, shoulder yeah. to shoulder, knocked down a guy that doesn't get knocked down very often. And I, from my angle, I thought he got hit in the head. And I was like, oh, my well, God. But then, it, the spin, right? but then you watched yeah, it. I was like, wow, that was a great it. hit. Caught him. I, I, was, I was impressed with Cousins. I would have don't, snapped. Don't, don't ask, don't ask our boy. If you got hit like that? No. If, 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 if Matthew like, gets hit like that. Now we've got to do the show and he's concussed yeah, like, and you're mad at no, your snap on Sheldon? Like, you know, if, I'm, if I found myself on that, on that ice surface yeah. and someone is, it's 5-2 and the game's over and someone's taking a healthy run at your star player. Yeah. You, you got to leave like Bunting does. with Credit with to less, Bunting that he did. With, with less, you know, with real, with real, not like kind of. What else can you do, though? You're not the yeah. bigger guy. No, All I you know. can no, do no, is. No. no, I give him full credit. Me I just too. I just don't know how far he wants to push with the bring it on and waving guys into, yeah. you know, eventually you're going to have to answer the bell. But but it it is just further antagonizing, and he'll draw a penalty on the Sabres the next time they play him because guys drew, will chase he, him and around. He, and he drew one against them. Uh, yesterday too, tripping yeah. call. Did you? Did you? Uh, his last tripping <laughs> penalty that he drew yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice his arm go up? What do you mean? He was making the call. Well, and the backside right? official who was looking right at <laughs> the backside official who was looking right at it didn't make the no. call. It was the it, it was, was the mid, as the center ice it official. It was almost as if power after of suggestion. He saw his arm, like he called his own penalty. Which is beautiful. Goalie's been calling icing for years. Why can't Bunting call himself? Well, one of my least favorite things about football is that every time a receiver gets touched on the shoulder, they do like the flag, the, the flag yeah. throw thing. And I hate or that. The sideline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Caught it, caught yeah. it. And it's like, well, I guess now Bunting, you know, he's leading the league in penalties. He's going to start drawing. Uh, drawing, he's going to start calling his own. Love it. Good for him.